it's a lot to take on yeah. as a kid who's still trying to figure out who how do I? I even feel about this thing? I don't even know if I if it if this is me. Mm-hmm. And and if it is, then what? And if it isn't, then what? You know? So wow. every time I ticked off a box, I realized, hey, that person said I couldn't do it. Mm. And I managed to do that. Cool mm. mental note. Wow. Next one, hey. You know, and, and slowly but surely you start to build this confidence in yourself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Switch On with myself, Kyle Clark, a show curated to be the most beautiful love letter to our generation. It's the guidance you never knew you needed from the people you wanted to hear it from the most. Do me a favor. It's so nice to have you back, and I'm so glad that you're watching this episode. Leave a review, engage with us, and share the moments that inspire you. I'm excited because today's show, I'm telling you, we are sitting with an absolute front runner. Today's show, we sit down with legendary choreographer, music artist, as Beagle and TV personality Courtney Paul as Ooh, as she breaks down the importance of grit and how to overcome rejection through leading a life without fear. Courtney unpacks her life's work and tells us about the struggles and challenges she had to encounter to get where she is today. It's time to switch on. Courtney, welcome to the show. Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. Like Thank I, you for I said me. to you, when as soon as you walked in, I said to you, you are definitely a front runner. And mm. because I believe this season is dedicated to females, I really wanted you to take up space mm. in the show. How have you been? Are you good? I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling amazing, and I'm super happy to actually be here. I've been watching the show, and I think um, this is much needed. Much needed. One hundred percent. You know, it's so crazy because on Zareda's episode, we always spoke about our previous generations and like our parents and you know our ancestors and how mm. they never had these kind of podcasts to look for guidance yeah you know is this something that you like mental health and and listening to these kind of things has this helped you through your career 100 i think i actually shared a podcast once and that's when you you responded you was like oh my word do you listen to this stuff like i need to get you on my show like i'm very um i live in my head all the time so i need to make sure that my my home is clean or to the best of my ability at least so i'm always listening to stuff i'm always researching i'm always taking in information um and you need the the know-how to be able to navigate all the information so it's very important sister you are so busy and your career i mean you started out as a dancer went to like one of the best i'm actually not even gonna say one of the best the best beagle that we have in the country at the moment um, on the continent by the on way. the whoa yeah. you see this is what i'm talking about take up space yeah, on yeah, the continent yeah. for sure um and moved over into a fully fledged choreographer done incredible shows mm. then became a tv personality now you a dj now you are a host at the same time how do mm. you juggle it? it it sounds like a lot when you say it but it to is. be honest it's really all just like natural progressions of what i love yeah. um i've always been somebody that if i like it i'm gonna try it at least once mm. um and if i try it and i i, I love this thing then mm. i'm in it um and it all just feels like me it doesn't feel like oh today i'm a dj today mm. i'm host. no it just feels like me do you um, find yourself because you juggle so much yeah so do you find yourself being able to dedicate a lot of quality time to certain aspects of your life so is there like a moment through your day because i find this with a lot of people that take on a lot of stuff mm. they have to dedicate a specific amount of time to that task so do you have time for djing then you have time for practice then you have time for whatever else mm, that you're doing mm, at the mm. same time? I think it depends what that day looks like. I'm, okay. I'm very lucky if I manage to have the same day twice. Mm. So structure, I have structure that's very unstructured, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So mm-hmm. a normal day looks like two hours of training in the morning, one yeah. hour of gym somewhere in the day. 
um, meetings, whether it's Zooms, whether it's a fitting or whatever, and then family time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's structured in that way, but where it comes in the day, mm-hmm. I have to stay like adaptable mm-hmm. because I, it's not a nine to five kind of job. It's a 24 hour thing. So some days I don't go home. You yeah. know what I mean? Some days I'm away for weeks at a time. So it's just about you finding that structure in yourself and and hopefully having partners and people around you that are okay with that as well that's amazing you know, you know a lot of people i i believe a lot of people want to dump jump into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and what they don't understand is that they think it's a nine to five commitment but it's actually not it's a 24 hour commitment it does not you stop. don't stop Mm-mm. and sometimes you have to i found myself sometimes you actually have to make peace with the pure fact that you have to work 24 7 you have to be always switched on mm. so when was the moment in your life that you knew that you could make a living out of not your God-given talents, but who you actually are as a person. Because, I mean, Courtney Paul is not really a B-girl personality. She's a brand, mm. you know? So when I'll was the moment that, that you realized that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think uh, I, it, for me, it's not like one big thing happened, like poof, then I knew. I think it's, it's happened over time. Mm. So again, uh, coming from a small community in Durban, colored and Indian community, where you're like, yeah, I want to dance. And they're like, yeah, you dance at like the monthly talent show that happens yeah. at the school and yeah. it stops there. You know what I mean? Coming here, dancers generally have access to a bank of knowledge Mm -hmm. um, generations of dancers and then also just knowledge of dance styles and coming from Durban I had no idea if I was even breaking Mm -hmm. to begin with (laughs) no honest am I actually doing the move I'm not sure what I'm doing and then the moment I left home then people are like you're not doing it right then I was like okay let me stop so coming from where I come from it's like you can have your little talents but then please go get an education and please go get a job and call it a day you know so Every time I ticked off a box, I realized, hey, that person said I couldn't do it. Mm. And I managed to do that. Cool mm. mental note. Wow. Next one, hey. You know, and, and slowly but surely you start to build this confidence in yourself. And I think I, I, I moved to Joburg at 21. Um, I opened the Samas when I should have been writing an accounting exam. I remember that. I remember <laughs> so that many, distinctively. There were so many things where I had to make a choice. Yes. Um, and it was always a fight. And slowly but surely it got a lot easier mm. to answer to my calling. Mm. You know, um, and now I'm just at a space where it's the decision about becoming that person mm. that really determines whether you become that person. You either listen to the noise mm. and the naysayers like, we've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm about to show you. Mm. Or let me take a step back and not make it happen. So that that's the change for me. 21, I would say, was the big one. When I moved here, no money, no backing nothing my mother was like see you in a month i'm like <laughs> nine years later you know <laughs> she's like when are you coming home so again a decision um and then being a backup dancer i i decided i want more mm. um and i decided not to backup dance anymore and i wanted to be a choreographer and these were the rates i wanted mm. uh, i would say for the first three months i had not a single booking three months after i was earning exactly what i wanted to you know wow. what i mean so so it's always this this tug of war and it's not stuff that comes easy mm. you have to be willing to Throw yourself into uncomfortable situations. When you jumped from one section, so let's say you went from a dancer to being a choreographer, I am sure, and I mean, knowing the industry very well, I'm sure you got a lot of hate for not being uh, qualified enough or not being, you know, uh, having a certain degree or having a certain type of education or Mm. did you really practice with this person? Like, you know, Mm, mm, especially mm. because the dancing industry, they 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 hold themselves to a certain standard. Like if you have not been trained by Mia Michaels, you are not a contemporary teacher, Yeah, you know? So how did you deal with that jumping from being a backup dancer to being a choreographer and getting all of that type of perspectives thrown at you? So I think 
twofold, right? So the hate was nothing new. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's you're a like space I've been I'm, here. Yeah, it's a space I'm very comfortable <laughs> yeah. in. It it doesn't certain things rock me, but yeah. give me two minutes and I don't give a damn. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's moving amazing. into that space. I've never been the type of female dancer that makes sense on anybody else's stage. Yes. That was a thing for me. And, and initially it made me feel so uncomfortable and it made me feel like maybe I'm in the wrong space. Mm. And then I was like, cool, then I need to create my own space. So when I moved here, the jobs were few and far between already. And I think that's why dancers hold themselves up there because the industry is way too small, mm-hmm. right? So we're all fighting for the smallest piece of the pie. Um, and in that sense, not growing and nobody is earning where they should be because we're all too busy fighting over nonsense, True you know? Story. So when I come in here, I see the gigs that are available and I'm immediately like, I don't do that style. I'm mm. not going to wear that outfit. Can I get the solo? Let me run up the wall, yes, you know? And everyone's yes. like, no, that's not how this thing works. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of like, I was a little bit forced out in a way, not forced like aggressively, but forced like if I want to make a living um, and a career off this thing, I need to make a move. And you and need to adjust, adjust to other people's narratives, right? Because And find my own in the process. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you've probably thrown yourself into situations where the brief was given to you and that's not who Courtney Paul is and 100%. you wanted to change that. Like, mm. how was those conversations for you when you're like, okay, but I don't want to wear that. That's not mm. who I am at the core. Can I not wear these Reeboks, for an example? <laughs> you know, because that's me. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I think there's been a few, but the biggest one was probably a, a Samsung gig that we did like with a 10 girls 10 guys I still have the photo somewhere and I mean everybody from Robin to like and everybody had the guys had the same outfit and the girls had the same outfit which was the fishnet stockings with, the, with the hot shorts and yeah. I had a solo flash mob yo yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the stadium like it was yeah. a big deal and I flash needed mob. the money like yeah. I really needed the money so I go to the gig everybody's doing the fitting Golda everybody they're so happy with their outfit because I mean it's, yeah, this, it's, it's them, them. Mm. and I'm standing there like this is uncomfortable mm. then they're like also you've got a solo of two minutes and I'm like I must be breaking in fishnets now you really like and I was so upset and I went to them and I said I cannot do this mm. well if you're not going to wear the outfit you need to leave and i'm thinking yo okay cool this this is a moment for me i'm either gonna do this thing because i need the money or i'm gonna call it a day sharp i go home bawling my eyes out trying to figure out how i'm gonna make this up you know mm. i think two hours later i get a call from the stylist she's like can i come fetch a pair of your pants so we can make you an outfit wow and there's a picture of me standing with all the girls and they're in their fishnets and i've got my job that's, that's amazing <laughs> you know so it's moments like that where it's almost like do or die and mm. it doesn't need to always be that extreme but i come from that place i come mm. from a place of always having to either like fight or flight mm. so let's go mm. back to your community because a lot of the things that you're saying to me is a lot of the narrative that I also grew up with, which is suck it up and get over it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, and when you are trying to build your own career and your own brand, you don't always want to suck it up and mm. get over it. Like you want to, I mean, because if you're going out there in fishnet stockings, that's just not who you are, you know? Like there were yeah. many times for an example where I would dance back up. I remember doing um, back up at Joburg Day mm. for Jamali and I had to dress in drag. Oy. And that's, you know, like I'm gay, honey, yeah. but I, that's not me. <laughs> that's not you, yeah. That's yeah. not me. Like I'm not, I'm not that kind of girl, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I remember the choreographer at the time and the head of PR was like, suck it up and get over it. But I was like, but this is not who, like I'm about to stand in front of a hundred thousand mm, people. Mm, this mm, is not mm, who I am. Mm, mm, mm. But then I remember also going back to my childhood that that is the narrative that, we've always been conditioned to adhere to you know mm. how many times in your life and your career going back to like 18 years old up until where you are now mm. have you had to suck it up and get over it and how many times did you actually stand up for yourself and win suck it up and get over it probably 
all the time, but not in the sense of accepting whatever is dealt to me. Mm-hmm. In life, yes, but work, no. Yeah. I think what I've lacked in like life skills and having to just deal with at home, I've made up for my, in my career. Where there, I can go in with a backbone. Mm-hmm. At home, you almost, it's like if your mother says, this is the way it is, you're almost like, okay. Like even be under your breath, you're like, no, I don't believe it. But to yeah. her, you're like, yeah, 100%. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Sharp. So it's it's a tricky one because it's taken me a long time. You know, growing up the way that I did, I didn't even know I was gay until people told me. Oh, wow. surely as a tomboy, like you're always dressed like a boy. This you means you're gay. Now, yeah. now I'm like, you didn't even give me a chance to figure it out. Myself. You know, so so even then moving here and getting into the industry, you didn't. nobody gave me a chance to figure out what I needed to do, mm. which is why for a long time, I think I even stopped dancing for a while. Mm. You know, I stopped breaking for a long time because I was like, maybe this is not where I'm supposed to be. I, I'm experiencing so much friction in a space that's supposed to be, you know, each one teach one mm-hmm. and a community. Um, and people uh, labeling you without your own consent. Yeah, and yeah. then and then the, the 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 switch to that is like when you get a gig and you need to dress a certain way. I get that it's for a job, mm. um, but then also when you hire me, you know what you're gonna get. There's been a million times where a client has given me a brief and I've switched it based on my mindset, and mm. they like this works. Um, and then I get stupid comments like, "Oh, but you've got a good body. You're so pretty. Why wouldn't you wear this?" Mm. It's not the point. You know what I mean? It's mm. not the point. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's the thing is you have to have such a backbone if if depending on where you want to take it. Mm. You know, if you're just looking for the next paycheck, which is also okay, then yeah, I suppose you're a little bit more flexible on the next step. Have you found yourself losing a lot of gigs because you've had to stand up for yourself a lot of times? A lot of the time? Two, three years ago, yes. Okay. Um, now I'm in a position where I say no to more work than I say yes. That's incredible. Because I've decided to take like the power back in a sense before mm. It was me going, hey, I know this is not really what you're looking for, but what do you think? No, we're not interested. Okay, yeah. cool. Now people are coming to me and I'm I'm more than comfortable saying this is not me. Yeah. I don't want it. This is not my vibe. Mm. That's amazing. You spoke about uh, you spoke about your dad and when did he pass away? First year, grade eight, I was thirteen. Wow. Very sudden, like random. out of the blue. Yeah. Seriously random. Mm. How was it growing up for you with a single mom, obviously? Mm. And um, being openly gay without a father figure in your life from 13 years on. I, I always, mean, you know, always, switch on is deep, guys. So yeah, we're about to get real I, deep. I always think that my dad would have probably loved it. Mm. You know, I, he always called me the son he didn't have. Like, because I've got two sisters. Yeah. So he always used to say, I'm going to die early. There's too many women in this house. And truth <laughs> nuts, he did. Like, <laughs> he, he, he was a, a larger than life personality. Wow. Um, we look the same. We sound the same. I'm like you know mm. and it's my mother constantly saying it's a, it's a very i suppose scary thing for her sometimes mm-hmm. but when he died i i didn't really have a clue yet i guess i had feelings but i didn't know what that was because yeah. again coming from a community of color it's not something you really put out there f- yeah. in fear of your life maybe or if it is there nobody talks about it you hide it you in sleep fear of your life for sure 100 yes. percent. Yeah. you know um so yeah, I think my dad would have loved it. I played soccer, he coached a team. Everything I did sports, I was very athletic growing up. So everything I did sports wise, he was in my corner. Wow. Um, so when he passed, I almost felt like I'd lost my cheerleader, yeah. you know? And my mother and I had a very rocky couple years thereafter because she's just dealing with losing her husband who was her absolute bestie. Mm. Um, my elder sister's out the house. It's just, just me and my little sister who I think was four at the time. Mm. I'm now having to grow up and fill my dad's shoes in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hectic because we, we, the way the home dynamic changes is, is something else. Um, 
So it was it was trying to figure out how to support my mother going through what she went through. Um, and then trying to deal with people who were so, like, let me support your mother, but I'm also yeah. trying to date her because yeah. here's a, a woman grieving yeah. with a house and a car. And Easy she, you know, it, Very much so. Mm. So I became a fighter then and there immediately. Um, but I think that's why when I said to you, I had to grow up very fast. I had to grow up very fast. Very fast. It's so insane, you know, and we have a lot of listeners and we have a lot of engagers that always talk about death and, you know, losing losing a parent I I don't even want to think about it because I can just imagine that pain growing up must have just been so unbearable mm. you know and for you as a human being having the feelings that you did from 13 years onwards going through high school going through all the gigs all the stuff you know being labeled without your own mm, consent mm, like mm. it must have been really difficult for you and especially I think you know growing up in a household where it's dominant on just female power and i'm sure that your sisters and your mom are very girly compared to 100 yeah. percent. that must have been <laughs> like so it's crazy because we all look the same like yeah. if you had to see a picture of me and my, my two sisters i have seen like, you guys look weird. super identical <laughs> like the like, same yeah. um but completely different people so i grew up with like you're making us look bad wow people are talking wow. um you know it it's a lot to take on yeah. as a kid who's still trying to figure out who How do I? I even feel about this thing? I don't even know if I if it if this is me. Mm-hmm. And and if it is, then what? And if it isn't, then what? Like you're mm-hmm. not giving me room to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, so we came a long way. Um and I would say only the last couple of years have my family become my biggest supporters yeah. in that area of my yeah. life. I, sp- I suppose even in my career, because if you ask my mother today, what do I do? She's probably like, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> like my the, mom says yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Like the turning point for her, I think was the first time she saw me on Yo! TV. Ah, she was like, mm, yes, that's my, like prior, you were like, she was like, you are embarrassing. I was yeah. like, get a job. Now, now you're you on SABC on One. Yo! TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. You know, I, and you said uh, previously that you and your mom had a very rocky relationship growing up through mm. high school. I mean, I can relate to that. And I, I think I get to a point in my life now, like me and my mom are best friends yeah. at this moment in time. But also, I Like just today, like, we're not sure about you know? tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> just today. Um, no, but genuinely, like, you know, yeah. my mom is really my best friend. And if I look back to what our generations were before to what it is now, as I said to you in the beginning of this episode, you know, our parents didn't have a lot of tools to mm. deal with with uh, gay children you know was was that the topic of your conversation between you and your parents always or was it just something really difficult like the 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 heat between you and your mom I think in the beginning it was just way too heated okay. way too heated and you were also a reflection of your dad so that for her even must worse. have been like you're even worse seriously like she always says like I'm the one child she never hit uh. <laughs> <laughs> because she couldn't yeah. like I'd either start laughing and then the moment is ruined like yeah. we, we do have a very good relationship um, but it's often not a mother and daughter relationship mm-hmm. like I always say she's my oldest child yeah. like <laughs> you know um, and ag- again she's just like I am she's quite crazy um, yeah. and as much as Yes, she she wasn't given the handbook on how to figure this out mm-hmm. as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, neither was she. She yeah. she she wasn't prepared to lose my dad. You yeah. know, so it's also me uh, going. Okay, mom, I mm-hmm. see you, and I see that you're learning, and you you we're learning together almost. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it was, yo, it was a lot. Do you it, find yourself having a lot more compassion now? The older yeah, I think so. There's there's a lot that I'm I'm not willing to accept. Okay, and I've learned a lot more, and I'm exposed to a lot more, and yeah. it just it doesn't mean that because I'm strong enough to deal with something in a certain way mm-hmm. that you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And your family around you, uh, 
I'm because I know colored families. I mean, I come from one myself. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very difficult. It's a yeah. very uh, difficult conversation to have. And there's not a lot of, and I'm sure you can understand this, especially in the industry. Mm. There's not a lot of representation for coloreds and Indians out mm -hmm. there at all. Funny enough, I actually did an interview last week and I brought that up and I said, you know how difficult it is? Yo. Not only just being colored in this industry, but then being gay Yo. on top of it. Like, And his response was, <laughs> no man, there's colored. So I said, let's name them. Yeah, please. I said, let's AKA. go through the list. Yeah. And then he was like, ah, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I don't want to make it a race thing, but it is very difficult. It is. The, the other side of that is having the skin complexion that I do really puts me in a weird position because mm -hmm. I can't tell you how much work I lose monthly mm -hmm. based on people thinking I'm white, mm -hmm. but I'm not white enough to get the white person's yes. job. It's a very weird thing. Like even on my social media, like, yeah, shy, I'm long, good. This girl yeah. can dance. And then I'm like, but I'm not white, mm -hmm. you know? So it's really, it's played me in a way. Um, what was your question? <laughs> completely shout out to the white people out uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I, representation. Yes, there um, we go. Well, I'm specifically about your your, your coloured family yes. around there. So obviously, um, you being uh, gay, Courtney Paul yes. between you and your sisters and your mom, chilled vibes. Yeah. But now let's go to the aunties, uncles, sure, the sure, grannies. Sure. So, the so when talking about my family, it's such a crazy melting pot. Like, I think everybody was initially Catholic, and then. My eldest aunt, so my mother's eldest sister, is Pentecostal now. The middle one is Muslim. Mm. My mother went Methodist when she married my dad. Oh, then God. went back to Catholicism. I'm like, get your pickers on. <laughs> <laughs> but funny enough, the rest of my family extremely supportive. Wow. Extremely. Like, that's especially beautiful. my Muslim aunt. Like, she's the one that's like, wow. when are we getting a wedding? I'm like, oh. Calm down. You know, yeah, relax, Auntie, <laughs> but uh, we're very, very close. Um, yeah. My dad's family is a little bit more reserved, okay. which is weird because he was crazy. Yeah. But my mother's family loves support. And I think the turning point for my mother was probably when she realized that everybody else didn't have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, they were chilled. So as people of color, the first thing is, what are people going to say? Mm -hmm. People are talking about me. People are judging me. Um, and then when she realized people support me mm -hmm. and celebrate me mm -hmm. for who I am, I think that's when the wheel started to turn like, hey, I've made this something it really shouldn't have been. Yeah. You know, myself and my mom actually had a conversation about this last week mm. and, you know, coming to where she is at the moment and realizing, she always said to me, my mom always said to me was, my biggest fear was, I didn't care that you were gay. I didn't care that you liked other guys. Mm. I cared about what the world was going to say about you. And I cared about you sure. being hurt by other people because of what they would say about you mm. through high school. I'm sure you've been bullied. How did you? Sure. Yeah. So I think primary school, I was, I was bullied in a way that is not like traditional bullying. Yeah. Um, when only now when I sit and think back and I have conversations with my girlfriend and I'm like, oh my word, that was actually me being bullied. Like yeah. I had no clue. Getting into high school was a little easier um, because I almost became a bit of a bully, mm -hmm. like which Yourself. I'm not proud of. Yeah, but I, I almost had to like suddenly have, I remember my first day of grade eight, there was a matric girl picking on me. Wow. And I remember like rocking with her. Mm. And then I got called into the principal's office for starting the fight and for being this grade eight that was fighting with a matric girl, but mm -hmm. she picked on me. Mm -hmm. And that kind of set me off for the rest of my, my high school years where it was like, hey, don't mess with her because mm -hmm. she will go to task. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's translated a little bit into the rest of my life where I realized I'm, I can be a bit of a walkover mm. because I'm always assuming that you have it harder than me. Yeah. And because of what I've gone through in my life, I know I'm strong enough, so I allow you to walk over me. And that's translated into work, relationships, and an end. 
and it almost sometimes just takes that one moment of having a backbone like that first day of mm-hmm. grade eight like maybe sitting when i was 21 and deciding this is that yeah or or, or the client that gives me the brief that is not me mm. it's those little moments that set you up for the rest where people go okay cool we see the the monster we're kind of playing with now and it's yeah. not to say be a mean person or anything like that but you have to, you have to draw yourself. the line somewhere and that was a big yourself. thing for me is figuring out or getting to a place where I could comfortably do that because I've never been comfortable doing that. I mean, yeah. I think you know a bit of my history, whether it's in the industry. I've never called people out. I've yeah. never, and it's not that I can't. Mm. In my mind, I'm always just like, ah, oh, shame, you must be going through a lot. Yeah. Like, it's fine, drag me. I've noticed you actually always are, of, you take a very third party perspective where it's not your place. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. And you, this Which is I what I've really enjoyed thing, about you. Hey. <laughs> That's what I've really enjoyed about you, actually, is you have, through the years, you know, especially in your industry, um, and especially within dancing and within media, people have so much to say all the mm. time. And what I've always loved about you and all the stuff that you put out there is that you always stay in your lane. Mm. You've always stayed in your lane and focused on your own journey. It was never ever, it never ever was about anyone else. And I appreciate a lot that like a lot. I appreciate that about you so much because I've watched you over the years and there's been so many times where, you know, I've been in conversations and your name would be brought up or there has been conversations, you know, and you have always, you didn't need to defend yourself. Mm. And it took you a long time to get there, I'm sure. 100%. I think think we get so caught up in trying to make sure that everybody likes us. And um, does right by you. Yeah, I've I've been a a people pleaser my whole life. And I think that stems from just my family dynamic and trying to make sure that everybody else is happy around me before I figure out how I feel about the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, That now I'm just at a place where I just don't care. (laughs) Not in a bad way, but because I physically can't take that on. There's way too much going on in my life. Um, I have a family to look after. Mm. And not just, it's not a money thing. It's Mm. emotionally. I want to be there for people. I want to experience my life. And I wasted so much time worrying about what so-and-so said and so-and-so did and this status. And it took away a lot of my life. It took away a lot of my light. Um, but that being said, it, I suppose you, you got to go through it in yeah. order to come out on the other side. Yeah. You know, Let's go back to your career a little bit. You know, I want to specifically talk about because your energy always gives me a fight or flight mode. Mm. Um, and I love that about you because I believe that's survival 101. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very fight or flight mm. a lot of people have said to me you know during my career specifically i always wanted to be on top billing i always wanted to be that tv presenter mm, you know mm, mm. i wanted to be cat i wanted to be christopher jafter i wanted to be jonathan Boyton lee like that's who i've always wanted i knew being a host was always my career path mm. and for many years during the industry and you know this you know you feel like people are sleeping on you sure all the time mm. you can be as talented as you want to but you always feel like people are sleeping on you when is the moment that you realized because i realized that myself hence switch on mm. was that people were not sleeping on me i've been sleeping on myself for so long sure when is the moment that you realize <laughs> that that's powerful again i think it was those little moments yeah. the the de- moment uh, the defining moments where i chose myself yeah. over opinion mm-hmm. so again i was speaking to to slicker last week sometime he was interviewing me about slicker. something and he was literally like i had no idea you were this person like yeah. we've actually we've known each other forever mm. but we've never sat and had a conversation um and i spoke about certain especially as a female dj there's a little trend going on right now where like you can blow up overnight you, nobody knows if you can even play it it's a very weird mm-hmm. thing and i'm never going to be that girl mm-hmm. you know i give props to whoever can do that great but i'm never going to be that girl i'm going to be i'm going to be the girl that's constantly like slogging away in order to get my props yeah um and him and i were talking and he said to me you know i always think people are sleeping on me mm-hmm. and i always think i don't get the recognition i deserve and then i look back 
and I go, I'm earning what I want. I'm comfortable. I have the home, the car, the family, the, the clients that I want. Mm. So is it a likes thing? Mm. Is it an attention thing? Because mm. then I'm just an, like an attention seeker. Yeah. And I sat back and I was like, damn. And it changed my perspective of what sleeping on me is. Wow. Because right now, as I said, I have no complaints mm. about my life, my career. Obviously, there's, there's goals and things I want to achieve. Mm. But would I swap it for anybody or anything? No. When, when you say sleeping on me, is it because people are not giving me the attention that I want or the circles are not seeing the value? Then does that just make me an attention seeker when I've got everything that comes with being put on? Mm-hmm. It's a very weird thing and I think I'm still figuring it out, you know? And it takes a long time to get there. And sure. I mean, you know, once you realize that you are sleeping on yourself, it's, it's about writing your own destiny and writing your own path. Mm. And that's what I love about you is that everything has been on your own terms. Yeah. Um, and it's taken you a long time to get to that perspective. But, you know, you've created everything around you. A lot of people believe, mm. and I know this for a fact because I've actually, and you don't know this, but I've actually been in one of your pitches on a Zoom call before. Oh. Um, and <laughs> I've listened to how you've pitched before yeah. and I've listened to how you've pitched the show and you literally write your own destiny. Mm. And I relate to you a lot because we're exactly the same. If I want something, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And I'm not going to wait for brands to come to me. I'm not going to wait for people to recognize me. If I want something, I can pitch it. I can propose it. Let's mm, do it. Mm, you know. Mm. Uh, how did it? How did it feel getting to that point of your life that you know you can write your own destiny and everything is unlimited for you? Mm. There is an unlimited pool of wealth and abundance waiting for you, but it's only up to you. I think it's still part of the journey, man. Like again, I've always been that person that if I wanted something, I had to go and get it. Yeah. I'd, for some reason, like even when I moved here, people assumed that I came from money mm. or did I, that I same. came from like opportunity. Yes, very same. weird. Maybe because I didn't complain about the situation. Mm. I was in, I don't know. It was very weird. Like when I moved, I think I, I was sponsored by DC at the time, mm. you know? So everyone's like, oh, you see sponsors. <laughs> she, she, she knows people. I'm like, I don't know anybody, but I've never been scared to knock on the door um, purely because I've never known anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in my home life, my parents have never spoon fed me to say, look, we're going to sort this out. Don't worry, you go. Like yeah. even when I moved here, I was paying for my UNISA fees myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and my mother's like, so how's it going? I'm like, help <laughs> me. Please, send e-wallets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so it's taken a long time, um, but it's, it's always just a continuation of where I began. I've never always been great at it. I've never always gotten a yes. In fact, there's always... 10 times more no's than a yes, yeah. you know? Um, and again, I think it just comes from the mindset. If, you, if you're going to wait around, then you're going to be waiting around for a very long time. And again, I think just based on my life experiences, like from very young, life is way too short it is. for me to give a damn about what you think, for one. Yeah. <laughs> and then for two, for me to sit around and, and dream and not act on it. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. Guys, <laughs> it just speaks life. <laughs> Even my mommy's at the back of the studio. She's like, yes, <laughs> this is the girl we need. And I'm super proud of you, dude. Thank like you you've so really much. just done the most. And, you know, I'm so happy to have you on the show. There's, there's a couple more questions that I have for you that mm. are specific towards you. Um, what is the biggest spiritual highlight of your life? Sure. Something you can remember? Yo, there's a few, actually. I've had so many, like, reawakenings. Really? Yeah, 100%. Do you believe in other, like, meditation? Do you believe in seeing spirit guides, spiritual healers? To an extent. So I think, I think to, to understand me spiritually is to understand where it all began. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a, a Methodist church where literally there was one lady with an organ. 
<laughs> like church for an yeah. hour nobody even knows what's happening in the front but cool we went to church it's yes. done um, and then at about 11 uh, a friend of mine asked me to come to her church across the road Pentecostal mm. church mm. lights cameras music dances and that's how I started dancing wow. uh, so I would say easily seven years thereafter was church wow. uh, every day which was a great foundation for me and I think it it the belief system, not just in terms of Christianity, but in myself mm. that came out of that, because suddenly I wasn't just dealing with all oh, the good stuff. I was dealing with being judged in a church. Yes. I was dealing with, you know, all the red tape in a church yes. um, and not knocking the churches, but it's yeah. just my experience, you know. So I've always had a very close connection with myself, with mm -hmm. my with my spirit, with my, my inner guides, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, losing my dad. It's always this feeling of having guides around you. Beginning of this year, I lost my gran, who was my closest, like, oh. I can't even tell you, ride or die vibe. And the, the day it happened, I was on a plane. I just landed in, like my mother called me. I sat down. I was like, mama, I'll call you back. I'm, I'm about to take off. She's like, cool, call me when you land. Mm. I get into Cape Town. I walk into Woolies. I get my dried mango. I'm going to set. And she calls. And she was like, just to let you know, Ma's gone. Da, 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 da. And I was like, cool. Thank you so much for letting me know. I went the whole day shooting. Nobody knew a thing. I didn't speak to anyone about it. I got on the plane that day. I got into the Uber and I just collapsed. Bold. Like I was done. Mm. Um, and it's this, those little moments where sometimes I feel like, People are guiding me and, mm. I, and I'm floating through something um, and I'm strong enough. Mm. And then there's moments that hit you out of nowhere. And it's in those moments that you realize how connected you are to whatever it is. And that's what's going to get you through. Mm -hmm. Unless you've been through moments like I've been hijacked. I've had nine staples in my head. I've been stabbed over a phone, like weird stuff. And in those moments, it's like if you've never come that close. So you like my sister. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's my life story. And to that guy, yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> Like when you've had those kinds of moments in life, you realize that there's this other tether mm. that you're connected to. And it's, it's very hard for me to explain. Um, but you, as somebody that's gone through that kind of stuff, you, you can't not be connected to something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mask your dark times with work? I think I mask everything with work. Um, is work like your therapy for you? That's how yeah, you get I'm very happy working. Okay. You know, when I'm doing it, I'm probably complaining if it's longer hours yeah, or whatever, yeah. but I love it. I would never change what I do. That being said, I'm also very capable of saying not today yeah. or not this week mm -hmm. or I can't make it. Me too. Uh, you know, like I'm supposed to be in Paris on the 4th of December for, for some competition. I think I go a week before and I was like, no, because there's an event on a plane in South Africa on the same date. Mm. I'm learning where I can give my energy and where I can't because I am a very high energy person. There's nothing that I do like half-assed ever. Mm. So if I'm here, I'm here. And when I go home, I am drained because I gave you everything I had. Mm. So same thing when it comes to my work, regardless of what I'm doing, anybody will tell you I am here. Mm. People are often like, relax, it's not that great. I'm like, hey, life is short, man. <laughs> <You have laughs> like, no idea. I'm inside, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so when it's time to calm down and relax and, and, and block off a few days, I'm happy to do that too. What does a dark slump look like for you? Staying in bed, okay. uh, ordering stuff Ooh. that I probably don't eat, Uber and it's just gonna have yeah, all my Uber. money. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I want my money back. Yeah, like I spent way too much. They don't even money. give me vouchers, honestly. <laughs> Not even a discount, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, it's probably staying in bed, uh, just watching whatever's on TV. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think last month I was trying to watch a movie for like six weeks. Wow. Because sometimes I just don't have that kind of time to yeah. like finish a movie. Yeah. Um, but I have those days. Like sometimes, like I'm very high anxiety a lot of the time. 
um really? then i have my depressive states where i'm just done with life like i go through a lot mentally wow. but i've kind of figured out one i've acknowledged what it is mm-hmm. um which i've never been able to do before maybe it's an education thing i didn't mm-hmm. know what this thing was yeah like you're saying you grow up in a community where hey you're going through something pull it together like you yeah. <laughs> got no time suck to it up and get over it yeah, yeah 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 you know so again when i <laughs> whatever this is whatever doesn't this matter it's not working right <laughs> now <boy>. matter. Yeah. <laughs> we need the happy courts yeah. we need the one that's smiling and bouncing around like if I'm in a room and I'm sitting quietly, immediately, what's wrong? Mm. Because I'm not allowed to be quiet. I'm not allowed to have an off moment because yeah. that's not what you expect of me. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, man, I, have, I definitely have those days. Sometimes I'm just trained. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I was at training and I just physically couldn't do anything. My body wasn't tired. Yeah. My mind was tired. You know, you so have it to looks like different say, things. Yeah, you have to learn how to say no to a lot of things. And I yeah. love that you delegate your energy. Mm. It's really important, you know. And you are a type A personality, very, a lot like me, very high performing individual. That's why you have so many names underneath who Courtney Paul is, but mm. Courtney Paul is a brand, but she's a beagle, she's a DJ, <laughs> she's a choreographer, she's a this, she's a that. She's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, your dark slumps. I resonate with them a lot and it's 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 very difficult to get yourself out of it because mm. you know a lot of people don't really understand is that you can throw yourself into a dark slump but it's how many times are you able to survive and take yourself out of it 100%. because every single time gets harder mm. every single time doesn't get easier mm. the, and every time also looks very different every time looks you know? so mm. different you know i just got my wisdoms out sure. and i've been training for almost four months i had this incredible body before my wisdoms came mm. out and <laughs> wow was wisdoms an opportunity as an excuse for yeah. me to not do anything with my life you know and it's been shout so out difficult. to the wisdoms Yo, <laughs> shout out to the wisdoms i'm not that wise any longer guys um you know and it's been so difficult mm. for me to get myself out of that dark slump and push myself back to yeah. where i was you know stepping into your purpose is a very difficult thing and to do it daily monday to sunday sure. is even more difficult you know for you what is step what is the definition of stepping into your purpose i think like you're saying it's a it's a daily choice for me mm. it, it gets blurry sometimes because like you just mentioned a whole list of people that you wanted to be mm. i don't have one wow and not because nobody is worthy or mm. no it's just if you look in south africa i think growing up the only colored woman i ever saw on tv was Lorsha cooper yo backstage and even then she wasn't dancing the style that i did so even then i was like oh my word if i was to make it that would As be the, the one girl yeah. she would be the person and that would be the style it yes. wasn't going to be this yes. fast forward a couple of years Sade on your tv yes it was the only uh, like tomboy colored that mm-hmm. i ever saw then i was like oh my word i love this person it's possible it's, it's possible yeah. you know what i mean so again I'm, I'm sitting here going when people say who do you want to be the next i can't tell you yeah i have no idea I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't come from a place of like egoism and saying, no, yeah. you know, I'm going to cre- physically have to sit here and be like a little sacrificial lamb and try and figure out how to make this thing valid. Mm-hmm. Imagine walking into a room and trying to pitch something that does not exist, mm-hmm. which is why I say for me, I had to make the switch and I had to go, okay, cool. This is not a space for me. Mm. I don't know where the space is. I'm probably going to fail, but hey, it's worth a try. Yeah. Um, and then you realize once you come into your own, like I'll never forget the day I actually met Lorsha for the first time. We were at some dance competition in Joburg and I was like, oh God, play it cool, play it cool. I'm gonna <laughs> Calm go, down. I'm gonna go I was her. the same. I was I'm gonna like... go and the first thing she said was, I'm such a fan of yours. Oh. <laughs> Why? Where do you go from? I had a whole speech prepared like, yeah. hi, so lovely to meet you. I want you to know that I've grown up watching yeah. you and you're the only, like, 
and I was absolutely stunned. And it was like I say when I say little moments, that moment I will take to my grave yeah. because she probably will never realize what that meant to a little color girl from Durban who mm-hmm. had no frame of reference, who had no idea what she was doing. Mm-hmm. For somebody of that stature to say, you are valid and I see you. Mm. It's unreal. You know? It's the recognition that you don't ask for, but you just naturally you didn't even know. I didn't even know I needed it, to yeah, be honest. You didn't. Um, but again, for me, stepping into my purpose is really making sure that I'm doing and being me authentically every day. Mm-hmm. If something is making me uncomfortable, it's having that power to make sure that I, I walk away from it. That that's a purpose for me. That's incredible. I remember when I met Leosha for the first time. She uh, costed me for the lead of a Vodacom TV oh, commercial. Yeah. I also had a full speech prepared <laughs> because I was like, "Oh my god, it's Leosha phoning me! What the hell?" You know. Yeah. And when Shout I out saw to the her, fact that you had a number, like you know. <laughs> Um, and when I got to set and I got to the audition, she was just like, you're perfect for the job. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lorsha sees me. Mm. Uh, and, and again, I had the same moment. I was like, I didn't know I needed this type of validation or recognition, but someone sees me and I wasn't expecting it. Mm. You know, what is the most important aspect of your life right now? Important, probably my career, my family, mm-hmm. girlfriend, my dog, and making sure that I can enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to want to be someone who just works all the time and I was never really present. I was just trying to get it done. That's what I was just going to ask you. Have you been able to stay present? All the things that I think doing? I'm that very much that person now. Okay. I have my moments where I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just too tired, but that is like the main thing in my life right now is mm. being present. Um, so when people try and call me, I won't answer the phone if I know I can't give that person the time, the time that they need in that mm. moment. Yeah, I would say that's the most important thing. That's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, it's just been it's been amazing to have you on the show. I've really enjoyed you. Uh, I have one last question. Well, two last questions. What are the little <laughs> self-rituals you stick to every single day? And uh, tell us something that your followers actually don't know about you. Sure. I don't know what people don't know. I'm quite Come an on. open book. There must uh, be one thing. <laughs> like a lot of people don't know that I can't swallow tablets at all. Why? <laughs> and I'm that gay. Like, how? <laughs> <Yeah. ow. laughs> Doesn't make you know? sense. Um, okay, so little daily rituals. I think, again, I, I, I struggle to have the same two days, but for me, it's always the same thing. I just get up, brush my teeth, have a cup of coffee, sit with my girlfriend, play with the dog, and mm. then get the day started. Mm-hmm. That, that moment is very important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she's also very busy, so sometimes that's a six o'clock thing. Mm. So that moment is very important and kind of sets my day up where we run through each other's schedule for the day. Yeah. Like, so what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so when am I going to see you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I don't want to see you. Like, <laughs> like we, we, and I, I appreciate that so much. I think having a, a person that can support you, like, not just romantically, but in all the shapes and forms that you come in, I think is, is amazing. So that, that moment is very important. Shout out to Q. Yeah, man. <laughs> not really. But, uh, so that moment really? is very important. Um, and then, yeah, I would say I don't really have rituals. Mm-hmm. I try not to tie myself to like specific things because then I start, I get paranoid very easily. Yeah, because the I'm feeling like, oh, of disappointment thing, is worse. Yeah, this right? thing is not face the right yeah, way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. You know, no, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I, no. I, I find that a lot, the, especially with rituals, like uh, the, the feeling of disappointment is so much worse than staying on routine, actually, mm, mm, because mm. if you mess up that routine once. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Now, I will honestly, four months from now, be thinking about the fact that when I was putting the toothpaste lid on, it yes. fell. Now I'm like, what does that mean? Lord, what are you trying to tell me? You know what I mean? So I try to stay away from that. Um, but yeah, I would say that that morning moment is very important. And your biggest inspiration in life at the moment? 
Me. My biggest inspiration is <laughs> yes, Me. yes. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that. I always say my biggest inspiration in my life is me in five years from now. Like yeah. the person I am at 35, that's yeah. my biggest inspiration. Whoever I'm about to be. Yeah. You know? If you asked me last year, I would have given you a list of things or people. Yeah. Um. But right now, as I sit here, I think it's me. I think this year I've wow. never been as busy. I have before. goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and for me, like it. Honestly, I don't feel comfortable saying that. To be honest. Yeah. Um. But I'm, I'm really learning to, to tap into myself and appreciate who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I work very hard. I'm nice to people around me. I mm. give everything I have. Mm. Um, and sure, I suppose people have different versions of me and that's cool. But yeah. it's got nothing to do with me. You it know, what I mean? your opinion is. has nothing to do with me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly feel like what I've managed to achieve and what I know is still to come yeah. is something that inspires me. So, And again, I don't look at myself as me, if mm. that makes any yeah. sense. Like I'm watching yes, my experience. Yes, it's like your own little yeah. Netflix <laughs> series. And this <laughs> exactly. is now season 25, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. And often I'm like, what is happening in this story? Who wrote this script? <laughs> Go, why are you speaking to that person? You're I don't like, understand. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm very inspired by me right now. That's incredible. Courtney, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sitting in the seat and being oh, super vulnerable with us. Uh, you can follow Courtney's journey all on social media platforms. It's at Courtney underscore Paul. Uh, we will link all of our socials in the description below. A huge thank you to all of our sponsors, Vodcast TV, Neon Feed, Clark Media, the entire Switch On team. You can stream this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch the full episode on the Switch On YouTube channel. Do me a favor, use the hashtag Switch On and don't forget to leave your thoughts in the comments below or drop a review. We'd love to hear from you and look at this episode and share the moments that inspire you. Thank you so much for watching and listening.